Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk. Sam Ferris here with you again. Adam Peacock right now would be pretty hungover from the Women's World Cup um, rap party. So we can't begrudge him for that. He did a great job there. So no Adam Peacock today, but I am here with Brad Haddon. G'day, Brad. G'day, Sam. We've got an exciting show today. Yes, Peacock is as drunkest man in Australia at the moment after his couple of weeks with the Matildas. But we've got an exciting guest today, new member to the Australian cricket family, Matty Short. Welcome, Matty. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Matt Short, you're right. One of the most exciting players in Australian cricket at the moment. We're going to talk to Matt about the 100, about his IPL experience with you, Hads. I'm sure you've got some good stories there. His stellar domestic season uh, and, of course, that Australia T20 call-up. I uh, want to let you know that Big Bash tickets are on sale now. Head to cricket.com.au. It's going to be another huge season. BBL 13, 13 years. Just getting into those teenage years. So it's about to get really spicy in the BBL. Uh, Matt, you're in the UK right now. Uh, tell us what's doing over there. How's it going? And how about the hundred? Yeah, loving it. It's such a good tournament. I think. Um, yeah, I've been here for about two weeks now and played. I think five or six games, so only a couple to go. But pretty short and sharp. And I think I'm still sort of getting used to the pace of you know the five ball sets they call them here. And that's no, just really exciting. And yeah, as I said, fast paced. And yeah, I think the entertainment's been good for not only the guys that are playing but the fans as well. Now you talk about the fast pace. Is it a similar to a, a big bash game, or, or is there different moments in the game you got to recognise? And is it a lot faster than than playing a, a normal big bash game? I think it's it's definitely quicker and um, definitely some moments at different times. I think now, if you if say if you're a spinner and you're all over a batsman and you can sort of opt to bowl the, the ten ball sets rather than just finish at the five at the one end. So I think that's some different tactics, obviously, than a T Twenty game. You know, if a, if a bowl is on top of you, um, you can sort of hopefully get through them. But, um, yeah, there's obviously obviously only being a five ball over or, or set they call them. I think um, when you're out in the field, it's especially – it's a bit different. I think you got to sort of – looking at one end and see if the captain's sort of staying with, with the one bowler or are we switching ends or whatnot. So it's a bit – it took a couple of games to get used to. But, um, no, it's certainly fast-paced and a lot quicker than a normal T20. Do you think it's something Australia can explore? Um, it would be something that Australian fans would be excited about or would be a bit of overkill in, in the white, for, um, white ball form of the game? Yeah, I mean, with the amount of cricket on at the moment, I think it would be tough to to get it, to squeeze it in the, the, I guess, the Aussie summer at some stage. But And talking to some locals over here in the UK, I think, um, you know, they, they play about 14 four-day games and, and then throw in the, the T20 blast as well. So they've got plenty of cricket plus the 100. So... Talking to some of those guys, they they're all saying you know it's a lot of cricket to, to cram into one season. So um, I'm sure the the Aussie fans would would get around it, but um, yeah, trying to squeeze it, you know, I'm not sure how cricket Australia would do that. What about merging some of the rules, Matt? Could you see that extra over or that uh, over back to back in the BBL or other rules like that from the hundred into the BBL? Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, I mean, if you just keep it at, at a, a T20 um, length, but yeah, have the two overs at one end and keep things pretty interesting. And then let, you know, let one bowler bowl two overs in a row, I think would be be pretty cool and something they could look into, yeah. Rashid Khan, 12 balls in a row, be pretty difficult to face. Uh, although I'm sure Strikers fans would like that. Matt, what a 12 months or so even nine months it's been for you. Uh, looking back over your record over that time, uh, I guess we'll try and go in chronological order as best we can, but BBL 12, breakout 
season for you. You were the player of the tournament, 458 runs, strike rate 144, and a couple of and just 11 wickets as well. So um, chipping in there with the with the ball as well, real all rounder status. Um, I read that you said that you had a bit of a heart to heart with Dizzy Gillespie, the strikers coach, and said, "Mate, get me up the order." And he said, "Yep," and all your fortunes changed. Yeah, no, you're right. I think um, I'd spent about three years at a crossover in Adelaide, sort of batting through the middle order, and it wasn't quite working out the way we'd planned. And I think during those first few years, I, I batted at the top of the order a couple of times as well and, and did really well. I think I was always suited um, at the top of the order all through juniors and sort of my pathway up through the Victoria as well. I think I played my best cricket and I was best suited to the top of the order. And I said, I think it was after my third year, I was having a quiet beer with Diz um, after one of the, the seasons there and just said, mate, I think, you know, I'm best suited at the top of the order. And yeah, I, I suppose haven't really looked back since. He said, yeah, we'll, we'll give it a crack next year. They sort of worked their squad around that kind of change, I guess. And um, obviously losing, losing Travis Head and Alex Carey to, to Aussie, Aussie call-ups, I suppose, um, you know, helped me in, in getting to the top of the order. So yeah, there's a few different pathways there, but um, yeah, definitely have Diz to thank to get me up the top there and um, yeah, it's certainly paying off at the moment. Yeah, you obviously did well at the top of the order, uh, Matty, and I agree that it does suit your style of game. But another thing that looked to sit well with you was when you took the leadership. Um, it looks like it took your game to a, a new level. And, and from the outside, it, it actually looked like it came natural to you and you are quite relaxed um, in some pretty big moments there for the strikers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. Like I'd spent a lot of time sort of up through my juniors, captaining and, and whatnot. But yeah, it, it had been a good sort of four or five years that I hadn't really captained a side before. And yeah, I think working with with some guys over the last few years, in Cameron White, you know, Petey Hanscom, and and even you know Sids yeah. um, and Hetty at the Strikers, I think you know I've been around some quality leaders, especially recent years. But yeah, it was something I, I loved doing. Yeah, certainly, certainly had some tough games there. I only captained a couple of games there, but yeah, I think it's it's something I sort of still need to learn and. Um, I guess remember in a way and get back to those sort of years where I was captain and um, and whatnot. But yeah, something I definitely enjoy doing and hopefully it continues in the future. Yeah, and it looks to me from the last nine months, it's been a big learning curve uh, in your game. You've obviously in the UK now, you spent some time at IPL. And another one I'm interested in, you, you spent some time in the American League. It's always exciting to be part of something new. How did that unfold? Yeah, it's been a, a I suppose every sort of comp I've been in in this winter has been um, they've all been replacement play gigs, so it's been hard to plan for. And um, you know, I guess after our Australian summer, it's just getting ready to you know slug it out in the Melbourne winter and, and do a preseason there. But yuck, um, you know, through yeah, <laughs> through um, through I, I suppose three injuries in, in the three different competitions, I've um, snuck myself into to each team. So I think. Well, Josh Phillippe was over in um, in the US. Uh, was the Washington team that was run by the New South Wales, I suppose, Cricket Association. And um, Josh Phillippe was over there. I think it was fielding on the boundary, and, and Cameron White's hit one. It's a standard um, stand on the the Toblerone rope and, and roll the ankle pretty bad. So pretty unfortunate for him. And then I think within, or oh, maybe within two or three days of him rolling his ankle on the rope, I was over in, in the states. You know, in Dallas, I think I flew in. Maybe landed in Dallas at about three thirty in the afternoon for a seven thirty PM game. So <laughs> jet lag was a bit rough, but you know, straight off the plane into the pool at the hotel and then on the bus to the game was um, pretty hectic. But you know, I was over there for two and a half weeks for 
five or six games and I think it's a competition where it'll definitely take off. There's some, some awesome players over there and obviously the IPL are involved. So, you know, it only means one thing that they're yeah. pumping some money into it and they're, they're pretty keen for it to, to take off. Yeah, well, what about for facilities and the crowds? There's a lot of expats over there who are passionate about their cricket, but what were the facilities like? Were they up to standard to, to get the world's best players there or, or can you see an area where they've got to continue to improve that? Yeah, definitely massive improvement needed. I think um, it all sort of seemed a little bit rushed. I mean, credit to them to get the stadium up and going in, in 12 months. Um, the stadium itself was pretty cool in Dallas. But in terms of like, uh, there was no real nets. There was a couple of indoor sessions here and there, but yeah. there were no nets to, to train at. That's a perfect tour. At, <laughs> it is, but when you're straight off a plane and you, you're trying to get into some rhythm, it's um, it's tough to, to do that without any nets. But And then even like the back the double-headed games where you, you're in the change rooms, you're sharing change rooms, you sort of got to be the first. If you play in the first game, you've got to be out for the next team to come in in you know, 15, 20 minutes after a game. So it was... Um, it was a bit hectic, but um, yeah, it's definitely going to take off. Um, yeah, just got to give it a few years, I think. You talked about being the backup man replacing all those players. Uh, that's how you got your start in the IPL uh, at Kings Eleven, uh, taking over from Johnny Bairstow. We've talked about a lot about Johnny Bairstow on this <laughs> podcast over the past six or seven months. Oh, we love him. Uh, what was that? <laughs> what was that like? Tell us about the IPL and working with some pretty dodgy assistant coaches over there. Yeah, very dodgy coaches over there. Um, <laughs> no, nah, un- unbelievable experience. I think um, obviously hadn't been before, and um, I think my plan was for this winter was just to hopefully you know get a, a hundred gig or maybe in the T Twenty Blast here in, in the UK. But um, you know to be going straight straight from you know thinking I was <laughs> going to you know do a preseason in Melbourne to straight to India um, after our season was was a pretty big step. And um, you know I'd spoken to a lot of guys that had been before and sort of trying to get a gauge of what to expect and whatnot. And they're pretty spot on. Um, you know, it's chaotic. There's people everywhere. It's, you're in the spotlight pretty much the whole time, you know, especially when you're hanging out with Hads. You know, people are hanging off him, so <laughs> everyone's looking at you. Um, but, you know, guys like Sam Curran and Liam Livingston and, you know, they're pretty easy to spot when you're, you're in the middle of um, the Chandigarh Mall there next to the hotel. So, um, no, nah, awesome experience. It was just good to um, even play some games. I wasn't really expecting that either, but... Um, I think I played six or seven games, so maybe half the games, which was pretty cool, and um, just to get that experience and be exposed to that sort of pressure. I think um, I think I handled it pretty well, and um, yeah, definitely, definitely learned lots over there. Took some learnings out of um, IPL, Maddie. Would you do anything different uh, if you got your chance again? Yeah, I'll, it's a tough one. Like as you know, Hads, like there's a lot of yeah. a lot of coaches over there. There's a lot of opinions, yeah. um, even different thoughts from from other players as well, other teammates. So I think, you know, if I had my time again, I'd probably stick to a couple of people and um, really work with them pretty closely rather than sort of, I know it's good to try and learn from as many coaches and players as you can, but I think I went away from my game a little bit too much that probably what got me there in the first place. So, yeah, I think sort of sticking to my game, sticking to maybe one or two people that that you can trust for, you know, throughout the whole tournament. Uh, I tell you what was a shock for me that my first year also, Maddie, was the the energy that Mahali boys have, don't they? They they like a party at the end of the game. I, I remember one of the first nights you, you sort of go into the uh, dinner room and get together, have a few beers, and you just sort of sit around in the corner thinking, How, how's this go, going to go? And I tell you what, <laughs> Sam, it, it went from zero 
to 100 real quick. A couple of the spinners came in. They got yoga bombs going around. You're thinking, hang on a minute. And uh, they, they know how to party, don't they, some of them? No, you're right. I think, well, they're nocturnal, aren't they? Yeah. They sleep during the day. They wake up for the game and then, you know, they're ready to go for the rest of the night and then off to sleep they go in the morning. So, yeah, some of them, they, they love it. They um. Yeah, you got the Jaeger bombs out, which were pretty dangerous. Plenty of dancing too there in um, in Chandigarh and Mahali. They love it. So Not me, all Sam. led by Shikadawan, which is <laughs> which is a classic. But um, no, it was, it was good fun. It's good to get to know the boys, uh, especially early on. But yeah, very good fun. Chandigarh was where those four Aussie players were suspended about ten years ago. Were you there, Hans? Did you get suspended <laughs> hey, for not doing? If your you homework? remember correctly, I, I got um, called <laughs> in from Australia. Um, actually, it was, a, oh, it was really right. interesting, actually. I remember turning up and, and uh, we had the game and uh, we had the draw, I think, in the test match. And I went to have a beer at the bar because I hadn't played test cricket. I was out because my daughter was ill for 18 months. So I went to the bar and everyone's upstairs uh, in the Italian restaurant playing Monopoly or something. Then Mickey Arthur said, oh, we're not drinking. I said, mate, I've been out of the game for 18 months and I went straight to the bar with uh, Steve Brixton. And I remember Steve Smith also saying, uh-uh, I'm going with Hads. We've played a test match. We've got to start enjoying this again. So I, I walked into a really interesting environment, uh, not what I expect in the Australian team, but it's going to be a bit different for you, Matty. You're walking into a very fresh 2020 team for Australia. Excited about that. It makes all these tournaments worthwhile, I think, when you get the opportunity to develop your game. And now get maybe to open the batting with Steve Smith. Hads, Hads, sorry, before we do that, let's just take a quick break because we want to dedicate a lot of time oh, to this. Yeah, so quick break. Back, <laughs> back with Matt Short in a second. That was second. a great question though, Hads. That was a great question. I can't remember <laughs> we'll revisit it. We'll revisit it in just a second. All right, Brad, did you have a question for Matt Short about his Australia T20 oh, I just, I just think, Matty, one, congratulations. <laughs> and two, it's, uh, mate, you played in all these tournaments around the world for – to get ready for these big moments, to, to get picked for Australia. And it's going to be exciting time and makes all this travel um, in the winter worth it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's sort of come down to a bit of, bit of timing as well. You know, obviously the, the Aussie boys have been on a pretty hectic, I guess, last sort of 12 months with all their travel as well. So, um, yeah, definitely getting on these teams overseas at the right time certainly helped some performances here and there. And, yeah, I think obviously first Aussie squad being involved in um, – Never been to South Africa before, so that's another one I can tick off. But, yeah, really looking forward to it. Oh, just one word of advice about South Africa, they hate us. So when you're down in the boundary, <laughs> what, what I found was uh, my mum my and dad had never, ever been to, to South Africa. But I tell you what, they knew a lot about them when we were out there fielding and batting. So enjoy that crowd in South Africa. They've got a great relationship <laughs> with us. But uh, another thing about this tour, which I, I think's something everyone's got to consider, yes, it's – Important time to play these couple of um, 2020 games with a new captain, but it could be a new breed of Australian players coming t- through after this World Cup. So it's a great opportunity sort of to get a taste of the environment and, and get that hunger to say, yeah, you know what, I, I want that spot when um, David Warner goes or Steve Smith goes uh, in-, in that 50-over game. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think, yeah, looking at the, the current Aussie squad and, you know, with the World World Cup coming up now, there's there's going to be that that kind of transition um, with a few players, I think. But yeah, I guess it's it's good timing in a way, and um, hopefully I can make the most of the opportunity. And yeah, you never know what will happen. You know, beyond this series and beyond the World Cup, and you know, some guys on the edge of sort of retiring or or whatnot. But I guess yeah, all I can do is focus on 
performance and doing well at the right time, I guess. Have you had any indication where you'll bat? Um, well, they use you at the top of the order. You can bat in the middle order as well, but uh, do you think they'll use you at the top? Uh, I haven't haven't spoken anything uh, to anyone about any roles, but I'm guessing, yeah, from from form over the last couple of years in, in that position, I, I doubt, you know, if I were to, to play, I think, yeah, to be at the top of the order. And and what, what happens now? How, how long you got left over in, in the UK before you get to come home? Uh, I've got about a week, I think. Uh, three more games here. Um, I finished the the whole group games, which would be nice, and then yeah, head over on the twenty fourth, I think. So yeah, really looking forward to it, and yeah, get stuck into another country and um, yeah, play good. some more games. Hopefully, stick to your game, Matt. You won't have all those annoying assistant coaches <laughs> at the IPL telling you to change it. We got that message loud and clear, mate. We know exactly what you're trying to say. It, there. I kept it very, very simple. If it's up, try to hit it for six. <laughs> if it's short, do the same. <laughs> 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 I read that you you got a lot of um, influence out of Greg Chapel telling you about sort of your mindset and the way he used to play. Can you talk to us a bit, a little bit about that and what GC told you? Yeah, I was really lucky enough. It was more through the juniors and I guess coming through the the Australian under nineteen squads early on. I think he was around the national performance squad and uh, the NPS yeah up in uh, up in Brisbane there where I spent a couple of winters, which was nice. It was really good um, for us younger guys on the mental side of the game. Obviously, like all through the junior pathway, all you hear about is like your technique and you should be playing it like this and that, but you don't really learn too much about the mental side of it. So that was probably my first taste, you know, back when I was probably 17 or 18 about, you know, what you should be thinking or what you shouldn't be thinking about, really trying to keep your, your mind nice and clear and, and sort of having your game plans, but you sort of sticking to those and, not really letting any other thoughts come into your mind and trying to block some other stuff out. So he was he was a big one in that sort of mental side of the game and probably, yeah, someone I'd, I'd try to um, stay in contact with when I can. Jeez, that, Mo, that would have been good when I played, trying to get rid of that little man on the <laughs> shoulder. I should have spoke to GC a lot more rather than just at the bar. Another guy's had a big influence on uh, your career, though, is, is Cameron White. He's just getting into coaching. I know he... Uh, did a bit over in the in the states with you, but he's played a big role also in your development. Yeah, huge. I think you know I've stood in the in the slips in the the cordon with him for Victoria a few times as well, and then had him as an, an assistant coach at Adelaide for a couple of years. So sort of getting that transition, um, I guess watching his leadership firsthand, and then seeing him sort of transition into a coach and sort of yeah swapping his role as a from a player to a coach, and I guess sort of talking more about the game. Yeah and tactics and, and stuff like that. Again, like he's not not so much for me on technique and whatnot. It's more maybe building game plans around mainly T20 with what I worked for, with him as a coach. But around, um, I guess if I'm getting off to a flyer at the top of the order, it's more like bringing your gears down a level rather than trying to stay, stay at that, that intensity as a field, field has come out. So, yeah, sort of working on yeah different plans and, and techniques around building and innings and and, and whatnot in, in T Twenty cricket. Is that something you struggled with? How do you seem to just well, go? Well, I was zero just thinking there, thinking, geez, I, I remember saying <laughs> to Maddie, mate, once you get up, once you get going, don't stop. Just keep trying to take the game <laughs> forward. And mate, if you if you come off, we win the game. If not, mate, someone else will fix it down but down below. <laughs> the long batting lineup. 
diff- there's different ways to coach them. Not everyone does things the same. <laughs> I've worked with uh, Cameron Whitey. He has, he's got a good cricket brain. He'll be a good asset to a, um, teams in, in the future. I know he does a bit of work with the with the Sixers and, and to let a Victorian in, into the Sixers, he, he must be a decent um, person. So that doesn't happen um, very easily, Sam. Mate, it's invasion. They've got Shippy there now. They've got Cameron White. There's Victorians everywhere. Look out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just on the way you play, Matt, that Ashes series just gone has been captivated by the way England play. We're talking about how England play. Up-tempo, aggressive. You're obsessed with England. Just let me me ask a question. You don't have to answer, Matt. You don't have to answer. (laughs) Is it on Johnny Bairstow? Who's doing this interview? He didn't play catch. (laughs) (laughs) The way they play is similar to the way that you sort of go about it. You're... Shield returns last year. You got that 100. That was a, a strike rate of 50, but you got a quick fire 80 as well. And, of course, you made the, the one-day 100 as well to go with your big bass century. You must be one of the few guys that have got 100 in each format of domestic cricket. Is that the way you want to play your cricket, to sort of be more up-tempo and take the game on? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, especially in the red ball game, sort of batting, you know, at five and six through the middle there. And it's something that I've sort of worked a lot with with Bucky Rogers at Victoria sort of finding that role for me and, and what's what I'm sort of suited best for. And I think obviously that sort of form through the big bash and sort of that aggressive nature of play, I think has definitely worked going back into four-day cricket through the middle. Obviously, there's a lot of trust in in the top order, the guys that are coming before me, like they've done a job and, you know, taking the shine off the new ball, as they say. And obviously, there's the method to the badness. Um, you can sort of go at different times um, when you need, but... Yeah, I've definitely sort of been given that license or that freedom, I guess, from from Bucky to play, you know, with, with my sort of natural freedom through the middle and, yeah, to see the ball, hit the ball rather than trying to survive or, you know, thinking of the negatives. It's right, what had said before, if you see it, hit it for six or, you know, if it's not there, then back <laughs> yourself to defend it. So it's it's pretty simple. And, and what about arriving in the UK there? There's been a, was a lot of buzz at home around the Ashes. How, how are the Poms? Do they still think they won it? Do they think they were robbed? <laughs> um, well, what's the buzz? Because it was a – we've just seen it here with the Matildas, the, the buzz the country got with the, with the football. But over there, the Ashes was enormous. You're saying I'm obsessed. You're still talking about it. I've got to make you look good. I've got to roll into a good question. <laughs> well, they've, they've certainly let me know about the, the English beating the Matildas um, the last couple of days. And we've got Harry Brook here in the, the Northern Superchargers. So he's um, no, he's definitely up and about. He he doesn't feel like he's lost the Ashes. But no, he's, <laughs> I think, you know, it's good for the game, you know, how, how much talk there was around the series and how exciting it was, I suppose. It's a... They're sort of taking in, in a different direction. You know, I think they're getting more traction, more fans of, you know, sort of sticking with it. I think it was sort of dropping off a little bit, you know, red ball cricket and, you know, with all this new white ball stuff coming out and, and whatnot, you know, people were saying the, the red ball's done, but, you know, I think they're sort of rejuvenating it and, um, you know, everyone's still talking about it. So, no, nah, it's been awesome seeing, sort of seeing how aggressive they've been and nah, the Pommies over here are definitely definitely taking it as a win, not a loss. <laughs> Look at the score. Look who's got the air. Uh, well, you know, they've got Baz ball. We might have short ball. No, oh, nice. different nah, I'll have to get there one already, day. <laughs> already taken. Short ball's already <laughs> taken. Hads, in all, in all seriousness, Hads, how important is it or how valuable is it to have a top-order player that can take the game on, good fielder and also bowl handy off-spin? I mean, I feel like they're, you know, a dime a dozen. Uh, we talk about, like, players at the top, you'll be able to take the game away from the opposition. And I think that's in, in any form you – 
you, you need that balance in your team. Matt, Matt's definitely got that with the, the way he plays. He, he's got different gears he's learned to go through now, but the, the top gear, when players like Matt are on, that, that's when they can take the, the game away. You, you need those guys in in World Cups. You need them um, in the Australian 50-over format as well. You look at the way that team's picked. So what we've got to remember too, we're still in the entertainment business. We, we want guys coming through, the um, guys and girls coming through the gates. Uh, and, and that's what players like Matt do. They, they bring people through the gates. And that's why baseball was successful. It, it was different. Um, it was exciting. Um, they still flip and lost. I, I don't know what Harry Brook is uh, <laughs> talking about. Yeah, that we, we want we want to entertain people. There's a lot of sports out there trying to take the air, and um, players like Matt um, are important for the game to keep building. There you go. No pressure, Matt. <laughs> One of the most entertaining uh, products in Australian sport is, of course, the Big Bash League. Uh, we've got the overseas player draft coming up on September 3. Already some big names have entered. Matt, who do you want to see? Who do you want to see the strikers draft? Pick anyone in the world. I don't like the draft, Sam. What, what's, what, you don't like the draft? <laughs> no. Nah, I, I, I don't like how we're, we're trying to pay these players 400000 um, to come for three quarters of the tournament. I'd rather be giving the 400000 to to Matt Short, bringing more Australian players <laughs> back in. Why isn't Matt Short worth the nice. same amount of money as uh, Fat Duplessis who only plays for half the tournament? So I know the draft's coming in. I understand the reason why to get the big names in, but I'd rather our um, local players get paid uh, up around that mark than getting players for half the tournament. I, I don't know what you think about that, Matty, but I, I think you'd have to agree. That <laughs> no, sounds good to me. Sorry, sorry, Matt. <laughs> Hads has just completely derailed that question. Uh, back to what I said. Uh, <laughs> who do you want to see drafted for money that's undeserved? Yeah, for half the tournament. Um, <laughs> oh, look, it's it's a tough one. And, um, you know, we're in the process at, at the strikers at the moment, sort of going through who's put their name up and who's nominated and you know, with the SA League and, and Dubai League as well, it's hard to sort of find some guys that, that one, are available for the whole time and then, two, you know, suit the role that you're looking for. But obviously Rash, Rashid Khan's a big one for us who I think, um, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to look to get again. You know, he's a cult hero of Adelaide and, you know, always gets a job done for us. You know, I wouldn't want to be facing you know, I'm sure no one else would. But, you know, I think we're, we're pretty sorted with the, our top order, you know, signing Darcy Short and, and James Basley as well, if he's going to come into the middle order and hopefully finish some games off for us with the bat and, and you know, bowl some handy overs as well. But, you know, we've we've got in some good role players. So, yeah, I think, you know, if we get Rash back, there's, you know, there's a couple, couple more spots there for some overseas, yeah, who I'm, I'm not too sure would be at the moment. It's an interesting one with the draft, Sam, because I, I think if you look through the draft, you, you see guys like Nick, Nicholas Purim and... and uh, what he's done over the last probably six months has been exciting for the game. He's taken the game on. He's a, he's a real um, crowd pleaser. We've just seen it recently in the, in the Indian series. But if you can get a guy like that for the whole time, um, I, I'm all for it. I, I'm not for these these players coming for, for half the tournament and and getting paid the, the same amount of money as, as or more money than some of our class are. Australian players and, and it's really interesting in the draft as well do you pick the big names to entertain or, or do you pick someone that fits okay um, James Vince for example successful 2020 player you know he's going to be here the whole time and he can fill a role uh, around the, the group you have so yeah it's a, I like the concept of the draft that we can get the superstars here um, to play but yeah if we're paying guys that are not as good as a short or a, 
Josh Philippi um, overs, I'm not a big fan. All right. Anything else you want to get off your chest, Hads? Oh, I, think, I think we've just got to get it all out there, Sam. <laughs> we, we do, so. Turn it to a rant session here. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting concept. We spoke to Adam Voges last week and he said that uh, the three players that the Scorchers drafted last year didn't play a game. So you, you really have to think about availability <laughs> and, of course, injury plays a part as well. So uh, it'll be interesting. That's September 3. Stay tuned. Um, you, of course, the teams can retain players from previous years or look to get some new players as well. So uh, lots of interest in that depending on which side of the fence you sit on. Uh, we know that Matt Shaw will definitely be playing there and, uh, mate, we also want to wish you all the best for this maiden Australian tour. Really excited to see how you go. Mate, all the best. Hads, anything else? No, keep going well, Matty. It's been good to watch. Thanks, guys. Appreciate being on. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. That was Matt Short uh, along with a very fired up Brad Haddon. Uh, don't forget you can get your tickets to the Big Bash on sale there right now, cricket.com. .au, I think it's forward slash tickets. Anyway, head there. You'll be able to find the link. Big season coming up starting on December 9. That's all I talk for now. Hopefully Adam Peacock has uh, had a couple of boost juices and he's ready to go. And um, we'll catch you again next time. <laughs> <laughs>